Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I am coming on live at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I first want to thank my Heavenly Father for waking me up this morning, giving me the activities of my limb. I'm kind of going a little slow because I'm also on Facebook Live at the same time as I'm doing this show today. Because today is, and I always say, an interesting topic, but it, again, is one of those good old topics that we're going to be talking about some things that a lot of times you kind of get it confused. As today's topic has to do with being selfish. Now, when we talk about being selfish, the word selfish can be considered an ugly word as it is often misused as well as misunderstood. However, the, one of the issues, of beca- or the reason behind that is because it has at least two different meanings. And many individuals are not aware of that. And we kind of figured that out a couple of weeks ago when I did the show about self-care. And one of the gentlemen on the show indicated that with self-care, it was like being selfish. And we were like, wait a minute, how are you selfish if you engaging in self-care and taking care of yourself? So that kind of led to today's show because with Christmas Day approaching, many children are going to be expecting gifts and items that they put on Christmas wish list, especially my daughter who's an adult. And I told her, you too old for Christmas. Christmas is for kids. The thing is, sometimes parents would say kids are selfish, they don't understand, they don't appreciate things, and there could be issues to that because there are some selfish individuals out there in regards to the fact that they may not understand, they may not be able to get certain things because they have, or they're used to what we call having a sense of entitlement. Now, this camera thing right as I'm on Facebook, but um, I'm down at the bottom of the screen, so I don't know nothing about this. Now, when we talk about a person's wish, and we say that sometimes kids, and especially teenagers, we accuse teenagers of being selfish and self-centered because they in their own little world. But we remember that there are many families out there that even though they just have the stimulus, and people are like, you know what, $600, what am I going to do with $600? But some individuals are very grateful for that. But yet, there are individuals and there are families that are out there struggling. So if you can help someone, please do. If you can give back or give to someone, please do, especially those that are in need. Because some are in situations that are beyond their control. So with us knowing that families can be going through difficult times, financial difficulties, you know, don't want to be selfish if we know we can't help another. Now, even though that's one thing, and we're still dealing with this virus out there that has killed many, people are sick, and yet some individuals are saying that they're invincible, that it's a Hulk, and some individuals, and I've heard it be said, that some of these people out here are just being selfish to where they don't want to wear a mask, they don't want to social distance, they're coming home, bringing it back and forth to their family members, and 
And it makes you wonder, why are you doing it if you know that it's something out there that is hurting and killing and making people sick? Some also view that as being selfish. Now, another way and term that we use the word selfish, indicated earlier, is when individuals are lacking the need to engage in their own personal self-care, or they're not taking care of themselves because they feel that by doing so, that they're being selfish. Now, that, on the other hand, is not being selfish, because before you can take care of anybody else, you want to make sure you're first, that you take care of yourself. Now, so with that being Today's show is basically designed to address the concept of selfish so that one can gain clarity and an understanding, a better understanding. Now, if you're in a relationship with a person that's just selfish, that could be a problem. Now, if you want to join in on the conversation, give me a call at 516-387-1914. Now, I am not going to be on live long because I'm only looking at myself like in a little corner and um, I don't like but it's okay so again if you want to join in on the conversation give me a call 516-387-1914 so don't worry about being selfish because I don't want to hog up the whole show now I want to share some information and I already talked about how basically can be viewed as a word or an ugly word because it has two different I mean different things to different people. Now again, one of the cognitation is a person may be unkind and inconsiderate of others. The others is that you take responsibility for getting your personal, emotional and physical needs met. And that is huge. Remember, your personal, your emotional, and your physical needs needs to be met. Now, don't mean going out there talking about I done had an affair and I up with John Doe because I, I, I wasn't being selfish, but because Jeanette said I had to get my needs met. That's not what I'm talking about. Now, it is an important part of becoming an adult. And a lot of times when we view selfishness, we think that it's one of the things that children do, and it becomes normal for children. But there are some negative effects, and there are some good reasons why we should be selfish. Now, let me get to the negative effects, and this is some information that I am reading. It says self-obsession. When you are obsessed with yourself, that means that we are more prone to worry, and we have more mental health problems. Now, selfishness may make it easier for us to put into traps like addiction, and our selfishness can mean we will hurt others as we can become ruthlessly or we can strive to satisfy our own needs. And self-centeredness can damage our reputation and lead to loneliness. 
And a lot of times people say, well, I don't care. I don't want no friends anyway. Being selfish can ruin relationships, but kindness can heat you. So a lot of times, you know, it kind of starts showing the character of the person or we'll tell people that are saying that this is a selfish individual. They only think about themselves. And that was one of the things that I used to always hear as a child to be coming from my mother. Now, if you know someone that is selfish, self-centered, all about themselves, got this big old gigantic ego, tell them to call me. We can talk. Again, 516-7914 in order to join in on the conversation. Because like I said, it's very important that we learn the difference. And also, many individuals have to get to the underlying root if using it in a negative way. Where did that come from? Why are you like that? What are you afraid of? Why are you trying to hog everything? Or do you even realize that you may be hurting other individuals just by the way you're doing things in a relationship? Because I want to share some information on how selfishness can ruin practically everything. And one of the reasons is because it will push people away, and it is one of the least appealing character traits. Now, if you find it interesting to date a person that you know is selfish, you might like to question yourself because that could be a pure D setup. Now, we started talking about these different things, and they got some exercises that people can do, and and they can learn how to care for another person. But like I said, you want to make sure you get to the root of the problem and where this is stemming from, because you don't want to live a life alone. Like I said, Christmas is coming, holidays, we already are pretty much having to practically socially isolate ourselves from other individuals so that we can reduce the spread of it. But by that same token, it don't make no sense to just be mean and selfish to other individuals, especially if you really, really in your heart want to do something different. Because I'm telling you, at the end of the day, it's really not worth it. Now, I'm going to go over some things. And like I said, somebody did call me. Thank you very much. Let me log this person. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Purchase Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. How are you doing? Hi, Jeanette. Hello. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you. And I did what you said. You said text you. So that's what I did. I know. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad you're joining me for this conversation because, you know, I don't know if you like me growing up and I was taught that when we were selfish. We always thought it was something negative. We didn't think that it had anything to do with self-care. We thought it was a person that was all about themselves, you know, all into themselves, not caring about other people. What What was your concept of selfish? The word is a person being selfish. Well, I was always thought selfish was meaning not, not sharing things, like you want everything mm-hmm. to yourself. I wasn't coming up, I wasn't taught about self-care. Um, I didn't learn about that years later. So selfish has always been someone who didn't want to share, want everything to themselves, very stingy, that type of thing is what I mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, so, you, and yeah. you know, and that's why many people try to teach their kids to share or, you know, let them play with it and things of that nature. I want to share some information about 10 signs that you may actually be very selfish. And some individuals are not even. I tell people, I'm not, I guess I can't be, I don't even know, with my food. I don't like sharing my food. I really don't. And, but I give you some, but don't eat it all. It's because mm. mine is mine, and I'll give you yours. I give the part I want you to have. But I always mm. have this food where I could just be real kind of like, mm, I, I give you my money, but I don't know if I give you my food unless I'm cooking dinner. And then don't ask for no leftovers. Now, one of the things about that is, and this is where people have to know, you're unaware of the imbalance in your relationship. If you're not paying attention to the fact that people may be kind of isolating you, or isolating themselves from yourself, you know that that's a problem. Another thing is they are a person that's selfish and nags all the time. They are control freaks. They are will be very manipulative, and they act like they're the only person on the planet. Now I got another caller calling in. Let me log in on. Good afternoon. This hey. is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments. Love Talk Radio. Never ending in six. How are you doing? Hey, what's up, Jeanette? It's How are you doing, cousin? I'm, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Today's topic is about being selfish. And you know, it's, it's interesting because I didn't get to talk to you, but you know, we kind of went through the anniversary of my father's um, passing, right? It happened. And you yeah. know, in our family, we kind of thought he was one of the most selfish people in the whole family. <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. So I might as well bring okay. it up because I didn't know how and why I came up with this topic about being selfish. But what mm-hmm. is your take on that when we talk about being selfish? Um, well, I'll I'll tell you this, Jeanette. It never really works out for you when you're selfish because you can only you can only receive the amount of whatever you give out. You know, that's just kind of the way it works. It's a lot of nature. You don't plant any seeds. You don't get any trees. You don't get any fruit. So I've never seen selfish behavior ever work out for anybody. It always bites them back in the end, you know. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not not my place to say anything about Uncle Carter being selfish, you know. (laughs) That would be more. Yeah. yeah, I talk about okay. But what you yeah. think is, and I'm going to talk about, because I want to talk about it when we talk about it being in the negative term, because there is some positive things about being, but it's a whole different meaning, and that's where we get confused, because it's just like I told my son, I told him, I said, you know what, I'm like an ATM. If you don't make no deposit, you're not getting no withdrawal from me, because my son right. is very selfish, very selfish. Mm-hmm. So I guess he just inherited it. But by that same token, people don't realize how it can have a negative impact on a relationship when individuals are that way. And sometimes individuals will engage in relationships that are unhealthy, that is one-sided with a selfish, self-centered individual. And that can be very, very scary without them even realizing it. And it makes, because what they're doing is they're trying to find a person to love them. They're trying to get the person to want them, and you're not going to make that person happy. And that's that part right. about it. 
That is the sad part about yeah. it. So I wanted to spend the first half of the show talking about to where it can be a problem, but then also when it's okay. That's mm-hmm. not to take advantage or not to hurt other people, but you don't want to hurt yourself. There's a whole different right. uh, meaning when we talk about that because in the, and when we talk about can a selfish person Cedric, do you think a person that's selfish can really truly love the other person, another person? Um, huh, that's that's a good question, Jeanette. Um, it, you have to like love has a lot of definitions, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that even a selfish person, if they like meet the right person and that person invests in them. Mm-hmm. Time and, and sees the good in them. I think eventually they can change and change their behavior. You know, um, and selfishness. I think a lot of it comes out of like uh, you feel entitled or mm-hmm. you feel victimized. You know? Oh, I like that. The victim, so, the victimization. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. Because you know we got we got family. I'm not going to mention any names. You know that feel. I always feel like they're the victim and, and like you always got to jump over fences to to help them. You know, me and Jim are going to write a book called The Helpless based on the help, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it seems like, man, you can have some family members that act so help. I was like, what? Didn't we grow up in the same house and the same <laughs> values and the place? And how come I can do it and you can't? You, you know, know what? My- my baby sister was notorious for that. She would always tell me what she can't do. And I had to straight out tell her one day, well, if you can't do it, I can't do it either. You know, but I can't right. do this and I can't do that. Oh, oh, so you can excuse? You got a pass? So just because right. I can't exactly. eat? Now, I'm right. going to ask you, so Lee. You, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Lee, you mm-hmm. think that a person that's selfish can love another? That's a good question. Oh, yeah. I'm, I can I, I it's hard for me to say I can say they can they can but it would come with some lessons a person that they're trying to love will probably have to <laughs> teach them some lessons on how to do that because if you're selfish how could you not know that you know how could you really give that love when you're thinking of yourself it's mm-hmm. like I don't know how to say yeah they can truly love but are they loving because they feel what this person can give them, and then again they're being selfish? So I really can't say if they can love because a selfish person is a selfish person. It's like what narcissism. What can you do for me? I like her because she has this, and then again you're expecting something from them, and you're not probably going to reciprocate that because you're being selfish. So to say truly yes, I can't say that because it's not they wouldn't have the uh, right tools meaning they may not know any better and they may not have the tools to really truly love someone because in their mind they're being selfish. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 it's like, a, what's the word, a condition. That's, that's more yeah. of a condition type of love. Yes. Mm-hmm. For Christmas, I started thinking of the Grinch, how people was, you know, they, they, they take things from other people or don't want another path. And as what I'm, the information I'm looking at, and it talks about selfish individuals can never 
true love because they will be less willing to compromise. And this will inevitably one partner giving more of themselves than the other. Because if you find yourself keep giving and the other person don't know how to not willing to compromise, it can be a problem. And it can lead to resentment or confusion about feelings that aren't really expressed. Because like you said, um, at least they don't have the, they struggle with the tools. And sometimes by the time they learn the tools, it may be a little bit too late for that other person to just be burnt out by now. And they may be yeah, sick and tired of being sick and tired. One more other thing I want to also say when you said something that you read, it's also a place of feeling like they are going to be the victim. Well, if you don't do anything mm-hmm. to me, this is going to happen to me. And, oh, you're not caring about me. Oh, you don't care. That becomes a victim. And there again, that becomes manipulative because uh-huh. you're trying to, you know, sway somebody to do something that pretty much is selfish. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, it kind of goes back. Um, My mother used to tell me because she always thought I was selfish. She would tell me, Jeanette, it ain't always all about you. You know, and I used to be like, I was wanting to, like, give my ball back. If I don't want to play, give my ball back. And if I can't do it, you know. So I had to learn this balance. And a lot of times individuals deal with that because one of the key words there becomes compromise. You know, are mm-hmm. you willing to compromise? Do you feel that you're safe compromising? Because a lot of times, even on a negative cognition, kind of being afraid, you know, afraid that they're going to be hurt, afraid that they're going to come up short, afraid, and they're not willing to compromise. And that's where it becomes a problem. Now, a guy named John A. Johnson, his PhD, he wrote an article in Psychology Today about good, neutral, and bad selfishness. And despite the negative connotation of selfish, selfishness is not always bad. So meaning when someone says you're being selfish, there's no doubt that you have just been criticized because a lot of times people think, you know, they just said something bad about me. You know, um, at least I was talking about my thing with my food, and I've been like, you know, Cedric all my life. But I remember one, one night I drove up to one of my offices in Oceanside, and there was a homeless lady sleeping by my door. And we had just had a Thanksgiving Christmas, I mean, Thanksgiving party, and I had food. And my daughter said, well, Mom, you can give her some of your food that you have. And I walked up to the woman, and I gave the woman, like, $20. And my daughter said, Mom, why did you give her $20 when the food was less than $20? I said, I'd rather give her my money than give her my food. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, that I wanted to interject when you were saying that. I said, she's not alone when it comes to my food. Now, I will buy you some food as long as you don't eat mine. So that's, to me, not selfish. I just don't want, I want all my food to myself. So I don't know how to explain that because I'm right there with you. I can't. I don't want to share. I ask you when I go to the store, do you want some? Do you want please something? don't ask me for none of mine when I get home. I am I am horrible. My stuff will go back. I remember one time I got mad at my husband, my ex-husband, because I had made dinner and I ate meatloaf and yeah, it was good. And he asked for seconds. I got mad. He was like, why are you mad? The food is good. I just wanted some more. I was like, no, I already made your plate. No, I don't want to give it up to her. And it's, you know what, but then again, I learned that that's a learned behavior, though, too. 
that is a learned behavior. And when we start talking about the message, when we talk about being criticized, the message of your critic is clear that you're paying too much attention to your own wants, your own needs, and well-being, meaning you're more focused on you. I was more focused on making sure I was able to make me a meatloaf sandwich in the morning than I was whether my husband was full that night because he liked my cooking. I got mad. So the selfish behavior is often described as immoral. And it's often described when a person thinks of others, you know, when a person don't think of others. This idea is insubstantiated in a different quote. And it is more blessed to give than receive. But the thing is, we started talking about that, and even JFK, when he said, that's not what a country can do for you, but what can you do for your country? So a lot of times we start talking about that. We try to be a good character. We try to be of good morals. But by the same token, a lot of individuals still struggle with that. When we start talking about the label of self-care, you know, me being a therapist, and I to teach individuals and give them practical tips and tools on how to take care of themselves. It was one of the you said earlier, at least, a lot of individuals did not know that because they were taught to make other people happy first, especially being a woman, a wife, and even being a husband, Cedric. You know, you want to make sure that your wife is taken care of and her needs are met and being selfish. But a lot of us are not born with that. We don't know that stuff. So what yep. do you think you want to say, It's a behavior. It's, it's a learned behavior because your needs weren't probably getting met when you were younger, so you feel the need uh-huh. Your needs weren't getting met, so you feel like you have to take care of it. But since since it's a learned behavior, it can be an unlearned behavior. Mm-hmm. You can learn something else. So that is true. Human beings. That is true. So it's not like it's a, it's not a death sentence, but you recognize the problem that it's a problem first. Mm-hmm. You know. And you know what, cousin? That's one of the things. Problem. A lot of people don't view it as a problem. My son texted me this morning, Mom, um, I'm going to send you some money when I get out because he wanted to send some money for um, for teacher, for writer for Christmas. Writer will be four mm-hmm. years old this year. This is the first Christmas. Reggie, everybody a gift. But I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, But I've been on him about being <laughs> I've been on him to try to get him to break this bad habit that you've never never done that to you, so why are you doing it to your children? You know, your mm-hmm. children, they, they, you're their father. They need you. They depend on you. They have to set these examples. And it bothers me because, especially, you know, Cedric, on our father's side of the day, they were, Grandma made sure that what little she had, that they had to share. And I remember my yeah. mother sharing of how they would always wait on each other to eat, or they always did. Like I said, I don't know what happened with my father. But, you know, they, grandma wasn't that. But then yet some of the individuals, they want to make sure that they don't miss out on theirs. And it does become a learned behavior, and you have to un- relearn how to not be selfish and really feel guilty about it. Now, well, see, there again, I want to say, uh, I want to mention there again, that's where they have to learn the lesson because if they love somebody, 
like I guess that's your cousin said, when that person who feels they're not being, the love is being reciprocated, they remove themselves. Then that selfish person will really start like, oh, you know, and then that's where they need to learn, hey, this is, you know, I think that's where the lesson comes when the, what they're trying to get from someone else remove themselves because they're not being, I uh, guess, appreciated or they're, 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 they're not being, the love is not being returned to the same as they're doing it. I believe that's where a selfish person can probably, if they love that person, can kind of mm-hmm. learn how to not be selfish. Because, again, I, you know, it is a learned behavior, you know, if you're spoiled and, you know, and the parent never taught you how to, you know, share. Or mm-hmm. you just, again, I think your cousin said one of the key things. I mean, he said something, but he, it made a lot of sense where, oh, God, I can't remember what he said. But when you're in that, you know, that mind frame, um, you have to uh, – you know, they, I lost my train of thought. So sorry, guys. But um, basically what I'm saying is um, it, 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 it is a learned behavior. It is something that they lack. I think he said something along that line where they were lacking something, and so they want to clutch and hold on to everything uh-huh. they get, and then they feel like, you know, and, and then it becomes a, a behavior where it becomes, you know, one of those disorders where you got to tweak them to help them understand because truly um, – I don't like a, you know, I have problems with selfish people because I feel mm-hmm. like I, I do, you know, and if they don't see that they're selfish, it really bothers me. And so and so that's pretty much it. It's just something that they need to learn. If you snatch right. it from them, pain comes with lessons. <laughs> that's what I can say. Well, but you, you brought up something, you brought up something to leave, and you said that that other person should leave. A lot the other person don't leave because they want the other person to change. And that can cause the other individual to develop competency issues or they become a people pleaser. So not everyone leaves. Some people have been with selfish people, a selfish individual for a long time because sometimes well, see, they that's that, like... That's that, well, see, well, see, that's that dynamic. You know, both mm-hmm. of them are, are not really uh, fulfilling because one is a codependent and an enabler, and the other one is just a taker and a manipulator. That's what right. I'm describing. Yeah. What was you about to say, Cedric? No, I'm saying when when you um, you talk about the other end of the of the uh, like the good ways to be, which I wouldn't necessarily say that you're selfish by taking care of yourself. Um, yeah, correct. I had a coworker. She's um, she's up her masters and she said you know Mr. Boyd you can't pour from an empty glass so if you just keep (laughs) dumping you know like you got to take care of yourself you know like you you, yeah you can't you can't and that's almost that's almost selfish when you're not taking care of yourself you're right you're right because there's people that are concerned about you and and want you to to live well but you don't take the time and you don't feel important enough to focus that energy on yourself. And in a lot of ways, that's that's a selfish behavior. It can be. It, it can be because, you know, Cedric, and that's where it's how the word is being used because, you know, I own an outpatient drug and alcohol facility, and a lot of times individuals felt that if a person was an alcoholic or had a drug addiction or a gambling addiction, that they were actually 
selfish and they wouldn't because they didn't understand the addictive part of it. And yet the person was doing things that were taken away from other people that the money should have been, you know, on a family or they're affecting their health and things of that nature. But by that same token, it's how you look at it. And yes, some individuals do have to be taught self-care. But one one of the things I had when Elise was saying that a person, when once they realize if a person is just selfish, that that's, you know, you get out the relationship. And I just brought up the fact that a lot of times people don't get out of the relationship because they waiting on a person to change. Now, and then we were getting into and transitioning to when being selfish is a good thing. Oh, Reggie sending me a text message now to my teacher's ID. Um, and it talks about seven reasons why being selfish is a good thing, and this is a vintage point, which is a behavior health and trauma healing. And one of the things that they talk about and where it can be confusing is the bad kind of selfishness, like we said, is when an individual take advantage of another person for their own type of gain, and that can start with a negative emotion such as hate, envy, and arrogance, which can lead to fights on a bigger scale, sometimes wars, because sometimes we see this even in with politics. And this is not the selfish that people should want to be. We should want to be the kind of selfish with the virtue that will allow us good to others because we were able to be good to ourselves first. You know, and a lot of times it says you find yourself saying yes to things that you don't want to do. When individuals do that, they find themselves being angry or they get upset because they really didn't in the first place. So then it is time to start gaining skills that you need to learn to just say no now, or I'm not able to do it. Because developing compassion, esteem, love, care, work, learn how to manage your time and respect yourself can help you reach a lot of different goals in your life. And one of them is start by self Develop and refining your compassion skills so that you can fully relate to others is a great reason to be selfish. You have to develop self-compassion. Now, Cedric, you are also an author. And when one writes, they find a way of showing compassion. What is your take on that in regards to self-compassion, even as an author? Um, well, in terms of, in terms of writing, mm-hmm. did, did you mean in terms of writing, uh, Jeanette? Just, yes, just even being an author, how did you find to even to develop self-compassion, even for yourself, even as an author, as a husband, as a man, you know, how uh, did you get well, to develop self-compassion? Um, well, it took some, it took some time because, um. I was hypercritical skills that I just didn't have, you know, like I just didn't, I had to learn how to go. Okay. Like you don't, even though you're a fully supposed to be a fully functioning adult, you didn't learn these skills when you were younger. So you have to give yourself a break. And even, even in writing, um, like you can obsess over something over and over and over again and never really get it out to the market and even when you get it out to the market, you still see mistakes, you know, but you just have to live with them because they're already out there. 
and you, and, and mm-hmm. you tell yourself, I did the best I could at that time. That's kind of what I was working with. And I try mm-hmm. to keep that philosophy just being a husband or, you know, being a, a brother or an uncle or, you know, a cousin. Like, I'm flawed and I'm okay with that. And that's that's one thing that, you know, my father taught me was like, you're going to really make a lot of mistakes. Whereas with my mother, she seemed to be more obsessed about any little mistake. And I don't know if it's different mm-hmm. for mothers and fathers because mothers take everything a lot more personally when their children do stuff, probably because they're the ones that, that generally raised them and they carried them for nine months. Mm-hmm. So every, every mistake <laughs> seems like it's a, a catastrophe, you know, but it, once I moved in with my dad when I was like uh, 15, he, he was more um, understanding about, you know, like the flaws and the bumps and bumps mm-hmm. of life. And it, and it it gave me a lot a lot more peace, especially when I work with the young people that I work with now. I'm like, look, man, I just I can hear my father talking. Like, look, dude, you're gonna make a lot of mistakes, man. You're gonna really do some dumb stuff, but yeah. you gotta move on, man. You know, it's not gonna stop either. You know, correct. So you just gotta keep you gotta keep pushing on, man. And um, mm-hmm. I think developing that self compassion was really something that my father really um, instilled when I definitely needed it. You know, mm-hmm. I definitely needed to know that it's all right to make mistakes and, and and struggle is a part of life, and you're gonna struggle. You're not done living, so you're not done struggling. And, and mm-hmm. what, what, I work with the young people that I work with now. They def I can definitely see them relieved when I have that conversation with them. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things, Cedric, too, and you indicated that when you went to go live with your father as a, as a teenager, that was a cool moment of your life, even as an athlete, even as a young black man, and trying to find and then also getting to, and learning to develop as a man. And like you said, even with women. My mother used to have this saying that when you out there, you out there cat raggedy, they're not looking at you. They're looking at me. And I didn't understand that. So that's my interpretation of it from a mother's point of view of the kids, even as adults, there are a reflection of their parents. So they wouldn't say, you know, Jeanette did this, Jeanette did. They'll say Jean's daughter did. Or they would call me Jean's kid, which would piss me off. You know, so that's the way I viewed it. What about you, Elise? What was your, your take on that when he indicated the way men raise their children versus women do a little differently? Because I don't know if you have children, Elise. Yes, I do. Um, I Honestly, to be truthful with you, I can't relate to uh, a father raising me um, lovingly like that, like how he, it, it, the difference, because I didn't have that. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to speak on it. Um, I, I I don't even think my dad would did even even touch on something like that of what he's what he raised because I didn't have that type of uh, relationship with my father. As a matter of fact, that's what I had lacked was a male interaction uh, coming mm-hmm. up that was healthy. That was healthy. Um, so I I really you know. Correct. I really couldn't interject on how the difference is. My mother, however, was, 
you know, in the era we came up with, it was totally different. The women were very, mm-hmm. you know, because she was the church, very submissive, and she gave more than what he gave. You know, she gave all of herself as opposed to him sitting back just whatever, doing talking crazy, and she bringing this, bringing that, telling us to get up out of here. You know, he did no interaction with us that was loving. So mm-hmm. I couldn't... Um, most of my teaching came from watching her mostly and uh, because she took us to church and me doing my own, um, I guess God being having me being receptive to what is right and what is good. So mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty much where I am with with the difference, like how he explained it, like, you know, the mother was, his mother was just like testy on everything where opposed his dad was like the guy on, uh, what's that movie with, um, Ice Cube, Boys in the Hood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Boys in the Hood. It sounded like Lauren dad when he was talking about how his dad was mm-hmm. explaining things to him. So I I, I, I didn't have that. And, but I do see that being um, a key. You know, I, see, I do see that being a difference where men are more laid back and women are more mm-hmm. just yelling and screaming and, you know, out of control. And you so know, and that's and sometimes we may not get it from our biological father because, you know, like Cedric and I, we are first cousins. The fathers are brothers, but they were like night and day. So I would okay. love to see my uncle coming because I knew he was either gonna make me do something or tell me something about history or he was gonna tell me something about sports or, you know, mm-hmm. because he was a teacher. Where my father was more, he go teach me how to play three card Molly. He go. Tell me something that we go watch right. trouble. So they were they were totally different when it came to stuff right. like that. But right. I, and see, I got no teaching from my dad. None, none. All it was was a bunch of um, bunch of ways. Now that I've learned with not parenting <laughs> at all, you know. No, so. that happens too. That happens too. Yeah. So now, he he was very very. Uh, it was all yelling and. We couldn't do anything right. It was very negative. And so um, I I sometimes, you know, wish I had a father that was, you know, somewhat loving and, and would teach. And the way he did on coming to America, you know, I mean, um, Boys in the Hell, the Spirit, you know. But I didn't get that. Um, I didn't get it at all. This is the thing, though, Alicia. Yeah. They were night and day. They weren't completely different. You know, I don't no, know. Like, like I say, yeah, like like if you grow up in a toxic environment, some of that's gonna stick with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were there were many there were many times that me and my father had um real um disagreements, you know, and, and some of the behavior and stuff that I saw and even some of the stuff that I picked up from him because you're going to you're going to get some of that but underneath it all flaws and all I know that my father was concerned about me I know that he loved me and I know he wanted the best for me and unfortunately he's just a man you know that was raised in an environment that was brutal Correct. so like he's not going to so like him and, him and Uncle Carter you know they weren't they weren't as as opposite as maybe they appeared on on surface, but I know under it all that my father always had my best interest at heart. And once you kind of work from that 
standpoint, um, mm-hmm. I think it's just better because, like, we didn't speak for two years. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was killing me and it was killing him. And eventually, you know, um, Allison tracked him down in Alabama when he retired, and I was in college at the time. So I was in college in Missouri, so I drove out there, and then we had some, like, real, like, keep it real talk. And ever mm-hmm. since then, like, we worked through all that stuff. And I think we could work through all that stuff because our relationship the basis was strong and it was out of concern. And I know he was really concerned about me and I was concerned about him. So, you know, we had our, our ups and downs, you know, but it was underneath it all. I, I, he, I know that he loved me. He knows that I love him. And, but, um, you know, that, that well, you know underneath what? it, regardless of what we went through, there was, it was going to be okay. One of the things that I, when I say them and I say, because I, I remember and seeing them and being around them both at the same time and how they would even battle with each other. But they're just like with my father. I knew my father loved me. He told me he loved me. Even up until the week before he married, he would even call in on the show every week and would tell me how, how much he was proud of me. How So I that, but it goes back to what we were saying earlier, that you can't pour from an empty cup. And a lot of times this is where a lot of this stuff starts when we start seeing and talking about, you know, developing and becoming the person that we are today. Because I have a lot of things. I'm proud of both of my parents, you know, and I wouldn't take anything back because that's what made me the person that I am. So even when I talk about him and some of the things, because there was some good in him. Now, not only with being self-compassion, we also, it comes to self-esteem. When we start talking about being selfish, you know, when we start talking about our self-esteem, it's how you about yourself. And improving your self-esteem is another big reason why we should consider to be selfish. Esteem means having the confidence in your ability. And this will lead to feeling like you are worthy of a happy life. A lot of times individuals you know, their self-esteem, their self-worth, they don't value themselves. They don't feel like they matter. You know, they put themselves second. And sometimes that, too, can also be a learned behavior. Now, and I'm not saying you got to walk around with a high self-esteem or ego or walk around like you to, they say, all that in the bag of chips. But it got to be some type of balance. And you have to yourself to ignore the negative. So I don't want to say to get it confused with being cocky or, or anything like that. But you got to have a balance when it comes to your self-esteem because having a low self-esteem will allow one to um, take more risk. You know, um, when you have a low self-esteem, you can wind up more trouble. And even if you have a low self-esteem, you can wind up with meeting and connecting with individuals that are selfish because you may look at them and think, well, wow, I think that's great. I would love to be. No, that's, that's not healthy. But individuals with yeah. a higher esteem are generally happier because they feel good about when, themselves. Well, when someone has low self-esteem, that's where it comes. They are re, they are open to be um, used <laughs> when it, in, in that area because they're going to want to be accepted. And so they seem to be attracted to people who are, are I would like to say, um, how do you describe them? I call them wolves. You know they they're selfish, and so if they see someone uh-huh. who is 
seeking validation outside themselves, going for them, they're going to pick that up and they're going to use them. So, again, it's not really good for your self-esteem because you're going to um, – you're going to be tore down. I mean, they're going to take from you, you know, like vampires. You know, they're going to use you. And if you feel like, oh, I'm not selfish and I'm trying to help them, eventually you're doing more of the work and they're just sitting back, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. because your self-esteem, you know, you you have it, like you said, being it's, it's, it's two things. It's, it's loving yourself, which is, yes, in some form of way, yes, I'm selfish because I love myself and I don't want you Doing but what you're doing not to me. Selfish. Love right, I know. I mean, it's I know it's selfish. not, but I'm saying, I know, I know, but I'm meaning some people would think, I, I, I said it in a sarcastic way, meaning, yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to be selfish when it comes, if you want to call me that, is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Then, yes, I am when it comes to that because I love myself and I don't want you doing this to me because it's not healthy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, in that regard, it's, it's, it's self care, of course. That's you a know, healthy, yeah. a healthy boundary too. That's a help. Exactly, 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 exactly. And and you know so what? And, know when we, and when we start yeah. talking about even self love, because self love can almost seem spiritual and deepen your spiritual relationship. Because you got to start by loving yourself. We, we are thinking negative stuff about us. We got to stop, you know, talking bad about ourselves. We got to stop treating people bad or because I tell individuals that's a reflection of how you feel about yourself, you know, and, and I wouldn't do more. We got to love ourselves. We got to love on ourselves and take care of ourselves mentally, spiritually, and physically. We really need to do more of that. And we have to practice it because individuals don't realize that that can reduce your anxiety it can help you to where you're not dealing with um, bouts of depression when people will also know how to treat you based on how you treat yourself. So self-love is very okay. important as self-care. Now, what was you about to say, Cedric? Oh, just, um, you know, you mentioned something about, well, I think I mentioned something about healthy boundaries. And mm-hmm. even, like, in writing the in like writing books, um you have to block off some time that you're just not available for uh-huh. others. You know, you can be available all the other hours of the day, but again, setting up a healthy boundary, um, and that's and that shouldn't be misconstrued as selfish. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things that you want to get done in your life that require a certain amount of time. Like say uh-huh. you're going to medical school, like. Yeah, you kind of got to be selfish to go to medical school, but in the end, you're going to be a doctor, and you're going to help thousands and thousands of people, you know, so it's a matter of of prioritizing your time. And and also, I've noticed that selfish people kind of play themselves cheap, like they'll borrow $40 and then not pay you back, but then they can't get anything else from you because you didn't give me the last 40 that you said you were going to pay me back. You know what I'm saying? So you just you play yourself cheap. You're, you're short-sighted, you know. You're playing uh-huh. checkers with your life, and eventually it catches up to you, you know, because you're going to need, like, you keep burning those bridges behind you. You're going to have to need to walk past them. So people that are selfish or borrow money from Jamie and I or whatever, I don't worry about it if it, does, if it doesn't come back because now you just played yourself for $100, mm-hmm. you know, and because you – 
don't have to worry about you exactly. no more. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so you know, that's, that's, what that, um, that's just like that movie of Blanche Dale when he was chasing it for $20. He said, you just got rid of him for $20. And I have been living exactly. off of that. But the whole time, when somebody take a little twenty dollars from me, thirty dollars, mm-hmm. I don't even care. They don't have to call me no more. I didn't got rid of that right. problem. In my mind, that's the way I think. Mm-hmm. Which, like you said, they sold themselves cheap, you know, because they, just, they can't come back with more. Or you could do like my son. I remember one time, because my son ain't never paid me back for nothing. One told me he borrowed fifty dollars from me one time, and he said, "Mom, I owe you a hundred dollars." I said, "A hundred dollars." You don't owe me a hundred dollars. You owe me fifty. He said, "No, I owe you fifty already. I'm about to borrow another fifty, so now I owe you a <laughs> hundred." Yeah. I said, "Oh, no, wait, no. No, you, ain't. you yeah. know, I'm no." But you know, Cedric, you just shared in regards to self management because we do have to be a little bit more selfish with our time. You know, because right. we have to manage our time appropriately. I mean. I just drove all the way from Compton back to Oceanside. Then I was talking to clients on my way here and the trying to, and and I got to do better with that. And you, cause you cannot always make yourself available because that will right. lead to burnout, right. which is what we talked about yeah. last week, which was professional burnout. If you don't manage right. your time, your time will manage you and you go mess around and be sick. Yeah. You go mess around and be unhealthy and mess around and be emotionally um, imbalanced. Because your mood, it will affect your mood if you don't manage your time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your time is valuable. It's the only thing you can't make more of. You you can't make more time. You know, so your time is the most valuable thing in in the world. You know, you can always make more money or, you know, like, but, like, when this day goes past us, we don't get this one back, you know, so... We got to treat it like it's like it's a valuable commodity, like it's it's irreplaceable, and and it is, you know. And, and spending time with people that that you don't necessarily um, really enhance you or grow you or love you, I think it's just kind of a waste of time. Like you got to know when to cut cut people loose. That's know? true. That is true. Because some people you just got to let them go. Another thing yep. you didn't talk about with this subject of being selfish is self-respect. We got to start respecting ourselves more. A lot of individuals struggle in that area, but the thing is when you treat yourself right and you respect you, it will show other people that they're going to have to respect you too to be in your presence. And that's where sometimes people try to jokes about themselves or they put themselves down or dummy themselves down, but self-respect is huge. It basically means that sometimes if you don't respect you, other people may not respect you either. That is important. That is very important. And not only with the self-respect, making the right choices in life. A lot of times individuals can just be just so downright just disrespectful and just rude and just so inconsiderate. You know, and that's where we see in the, the selfishness mm-hmm. too, is that self-respect. Well, I think those those are people who are hurting, and are and have some some really deep rooted issues within themselves because um, for them to be disrespecting themselves and doing destructive things to themselves, obviously they don't love themselves, and mm-hmm. you know. And then when, like you said, they do it to other people mean and cruel to other people and. 
taking advantage and all that, there again is a sign of um, lacking self-love and self-esteem. You feel like you have to um, take advantage of someone in order for you to succeed or be dishonest or just be cruel to somebody that it just, it just, like you said, it mirrors who you are inside. It does. That's true. That Mm -hmm. is true. So some of the things that we talked about is very, very important to teaching individuals how to become more selfish, how to start. And even though we kind of look forward of being selfish in a bad way of what that looks like and versus being selfish in a healthy way. And sometimes it may, they may overlap each other, but they're connected to our inner self. And in order to have them, we need to know what they are and where we're lacking or where we see a person overcompensating so that we know that we need ourselves. You can't change other people, but people can change you. If you keep engaging yourself in unhealthy and relationships and harmful situations. And it doesn't mean that you have to totally just isolate yourself. When you know better, you do better. So we want to make sure that we become emotionally healthy by learning to cope with life's ups and downs. Because that is can also reflect on our own needs as well as our, our wants. Because I hear a lot of people say, well, I would be happy if this happened or I would be happy. Not necessarily true. You know, you got to know what you, what you feel you missed. And like someone said earlier, you can't pour from an empty cup. And that is true. Now, by taking time to be selfish, it's like you're hitting the lottery with good mental health. You, you're kind of balancing. And that doesn't mean that things are going to be perfect, but at least you know you did the best you could for you, and happiness is a choice. What do you guys think about that? We talk about happiness being a choice, because some people say, well, I'm just not happy. And you say, well, what's wrong? Well, I don't know what's wrong, but I'm just not happy. And that kind of stuff just never make no sense to me. Any comments in regards to that? People talk about they're just not happy. Um, again, yeah, some people are happy being unhappy. You know what I mean? Because the be it's you know it's a choice. I mean, it's an act. It's a verb. You know, it's an action word. So you have to do things that you can't just let life just lay there and expect to be happy. You have to take steps towards it. You know, and when you do, you will be you will be happier. But it requires it, you know the problem is people don't want to invest. And the fact that maybe it might not work out, you know, mm-hmm. like you may fail at something that you're trying to do. It it, it may get uncomfortable, you know. Um, heard that that sister from uh, from Blackish, the older lady, uh, the one that was on Dream Girls. She said, "Be careful sitting in your own mess because eventually you start to ignore the smell." You know, <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta like. It. But she didn't say mess. She said another word. But, oh, know, I know the S H R T. But that you know yeah, what? That yeah. is so true. Yeah. You don't yeah. know. that right there is a power. It's very powerful. But you know what, Cedric? I have a question for you. Now I was looking at your Facebook thing, and I saw you got a, another project or something you got going on that was a part of your oh, book. Oh, the audio book. Yeah, yeah. the audio book for the good book. What that's yeah. about, and um, and what's going on with that? Well, what we wanted to do, Jeanette, was, you know, people love the book so much that a friend of mine read it. He's a uh, he's a radio man from Memphis, 
And I started working with him. He's my frat brother. Uh, I started working with him at Job Corps, and he's like, man, I love this book. He's like, we're thinking about doing an audio book? And I was like, yeah, man, I'd love to. So he's like, yeah, I'll produce it. You know, so we, we got about 25, 30 different voices on the audio book. Um, it's about nine and a half hours of material because audio books are really long. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we're just in the process. I got a bunch, you know, Jamie did a voice. I did a couple of voices. Uh, some folks from work, Sharon was going to do a voice, but she, mm-hmm. she kind of kept lagging. So I had to move on and get somebody, you know, I just, unfortunately, you know, you know, that's just kind of how I am. I'll give you an opportunity to, to jump in, but eventually, like, I can't let you hold up the show. And Correct. And we're talking about selfish, you know what I mean? It's not, and that's not me being selfish. That's me having to get this stuff done, you know, mm-hmm. and if you can't, if you're not available to do it, then I got to find somebody else, you know, <laughs> because I want it done. So, um, yeah, it's going great. Um, he's in the process of producing it. It's going to be fully produced. It's going to be, you know, sound effects. Um, like I said, different voices, um, music. It's going to be great. We're trying to take the audio book to the next level. So that's the goal. Um, and that's so that'll help people like right. me that just don't want to pick up a book. You know. <laughs> exactly. You can just yeah. You can just play. You can just listen to you, it, download you it. it. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I tell people I still haven't read the old book without co-authors. Well, yeah, you we know, don't want one voice going through the whole book. You know, we want when several voices. When is it going to be available? When is it expected well, to be available? Going through the process of producing it. So maybe by the end of January, because we want to really knock it out of the box. Okay. You know, we really want to crush it. Okay, well, let me know, and then you can come back on the Talk about it and let me know what you need my help with. Okay? Okay, not a well, problem. Appreciate it, Jeanette. No problem. Um, at least you want to tell the listeners before we end the show today about being selfish? Do I want to tell? I'm sorry, you were breaking up. Do you want to tell the listeners anything before we end the show today about being selfish? Oh, no, I'm 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 okay. Because I, I, I got to rush off the phone anyway, so I have to. I was. I'm listening, but I'm moving around because I have a 2:30 meeting I have to get to. So no problem. Um, and I think yeah, I, but I think me, I think we kind of hit the key points on this call. Um, one thing I want to say about happiness, I think you, I heard you say that people say they're just not happy. Now that is a choice, and it requires a lot of self-talk. A lot of uh, it just requires a lot of work because it's a choice and. You have to do the work to take your mind off of whatever or why, you know, you have to do some dialogue. You're like, why am I unhappy? What is making me feel this way? Why won't I be happy? And I feel like the first place, the first thing you can do to heal, that is being grateful. You think about what it is that I have now to be thankful for so that I can appreciate what it is and then be happy from there. I feel like once you become grateful, that's where you can start, you know, switching and shifting that to be happy, to become happy just because you're alive, just because you're here. So that's really what I'll leave it with, that little part right there. That's true because they start a gratitude. Focus on what you have instead of what you don't have. You got to focus on what you have instead of what you don't have. Exactly, well, because when you focus what you have, more comes. You know? That's true. Absolutely. You know what? It's like I had a co therapist friend 
Dr. May, she always say God can trust you. If he can trust you with a little bit, you might get more, you know, get more in the right. Well, thank you guys for listening here at Precious Addiction Week Blog Talk Radio. I appreciate it. I want to tell you guys happy holidays. Be safe. Please be safe. You know, stay healthy mentally, spiritually, as well as physically. If you can help another, please do so that individuals won't be out there struggling. If you can help your your fellow man, you know, because you don't want to, we don't need to be the half and half nonsense and mistreating other individuals that are less fortunate. If you can pay it forward, it always come back in abundance. So tomorrow I'm going to be talking about improving your prayer life. A lot of individuals are struggling and trying to go back and get a, have a better relationship with their higher power. And we're talking about how can you improve on your prayer life? Because, yes, yeah, some of the churches are still closed. Some of them are opening up, but you don't want to go in there and come out with COVID. So use wisdom. But we're going to be talking about how you can improve your prayer life. Here at Pressure Predicaments, Love Talk Radio. Until then, remember, you've got this. And those that celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad. Bye-bye. Slowly, because I'm also on Facebook Live at the same time.